Because honestly, when you're on your own, it's so easy to feel healed. You're like, I'm so much better. I'm so calm. But really, I built quite a fortress of peace around me, a fortress that kept out the noise, kept out the triggers. So it was so easy to feel great. We often hear people wishing us a long, happy, and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead it's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who made changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Welcome back to Live the Width of Your Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening in to the show. And if you find any of the episodes really helpful, please leave a comment, share it with others that you think might benefit from it. It just would mean the world to me. And today's guest is someone that I really love having in my life. Her name is Jamie McTouré. She's a founder of Soul Elements, a safe space for somatic transformation. And through her human journey, she has discovered that her three pillars of purpose are to share knowledge and wisdom, to transmute energy for healing and inner exploration, and to cultivate laughter. In January of 2021, she began the adventure of somatically traveling into the depths and trenches of her subconscious mind and found herself amidst a very dark storm, the darkest that she's ever encountered. And it was a storm that's been brewing over a lifetime. And last year, she finally liberated herself from what became a miserable lifestyle, shackled in golden handcuffs, and not at all living aligned with her purpose, passions, values, and skills of greatness. She wants to expand her 20 years of leadership into something new. And she became a certified trauma-informed breathwork facilitator, which has made a huge, significant shift in her own life. And by immersing herself into this new voice, the voice of her higher soul consciousness truth has become the loudest and most potent voice in her life. Truth of eternal strength with the capacity to push against and crumble illusions. It was such a joy to talk to Jamie. I loved hearing about this notion of golden handcuffs, which I think many of us have experienced during our lifetimes, and also what it takes sometimes to go through some pretty dark storms in order to get out on the other side. We talked a lot about her spiritual journey, the transformation, and the work that she's done and continues to do on herself, and then also how she's been able to take that and build a business in which she's able to help others. I really think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Take a listen. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you here on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know, me too. I love the opportunity to have these conversations and just to get to know folks better. So for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about your journey. Okay, well, I will start with last year. I was in my corporate agency job, and it was a job that I had been thinking about leaving for like three plus years. And so many things kept happening in the environment that I kept staying for the purpose of taking care of others, the purpose of bringing stability when all of the, most of the leadership team was let go and 
for our account, and I was one of the last there, I knew that continuity would be so vital for everybody. So despite having already been ready to move on, feeling that intuitive nudge, I stayed and I stayed for three years and allowed that pain threshold to just grow and grow. Mm. Not really with the people because the people were wonderful, but it just wasn't aligning for me anymore. And I think part of that sensitivity started in the beginning of 2021 when I started my somatic healing journey. So as I'm healing through things, as you unravel, you're also building new foundations and new awarenesses. And I became more and more poignantly aware that this wasn't for me anymore, but I stayed and I felt the overwhelm and the burnout just growing and building. And for the first time, because it's not the first time I've experienced that, but it is the first time I leaned in and just let myself break down and let myself take a mental health leave. And that had its own shame attached to it and embarrassment. And so there was just another layer to work through. But I didn't know that some of the decisions I had been making that year were actually building me up and preparing me for this. So I had just dove into other somatic materials, courses, and then pause breathwork that company as somebody I had been and the founder I had been following for years. And so finally, uh, signed up for my first course with her and then the next and then the next and then the next. And just that just gave me so much cushion and guidance through that breakdown experience. And I'm totally a different person now. I mean, I'm just more me than I've been in decades. And that experience last year just helped chisel away at what was really holding me back. Thank you for sharing all that. And there's so much in there I want to unpack. Um, So I too, like you, I definitely understand what it's like to be in a corporate environment and to feel the nudge. And I think you called it, your intuition was telling you it's probably time to move on. So while you were staying there, you said you felt like obligated or responsible. You wanted to take care of people, provide the stability. And while you were there, you started your somatic journey, the healing journey. And so What did it feel like to start creating the sense of awakening, to start to get to know yourself better, to tap in more into who you are, and then stay in a place that you knew was not where you were supposed to be? So painful. So painful. It's like wanting to rip your skin suit off and crawl out of yourself. Uh, That is how I felt. There was just like this wrongness in all these fibers in me. And I wasn't yet aware enough to know all the sources and all the parts of those wrongness. So it just felt really all consuming. And I think that's a big part that led to like feeling that breaking down. And then because there was so much denial and there was so much just, I didn't know where things were coming from. And then leaning into the breakdown, I think is what all of that awareness allowed me to do. Like giving myself the dignity of a breakdown, giving myself the privilege of a breakdown, giving myself the ability to finally process all those moments in life that I pushed through, persevered and suffered for it and allowed myself, let's just fall. Let's just 
fall away, let it all fall off, let it be as ugly and messy as possible and give myself that privilege of being the most human that I could be in that moment that I never let myself experience before. Yeah. And you said that there was shame in somehow feeling like, wait a second, why are these things happening? So where do you think that came from? The sense of shame for actually what your mind and your body were just naturally doing? That's such a good question. And what comes to mind is my family. This toughness, this expectation of toughness. We're very tough family. I mean, very fiery people, warrior, bloodline, like without a war, kind of, so to speak. So watching family be in pain for decades with war with themselves, war with each other. But real warrior spirits, real like take care of each other, take care of your tribe, put your life on the line to save your family. Toughness, tough on the streets, tough in education, tough in you're a little kid, but your competency should be at 100%, 1000% at all times. So just this resilient toughness and I can do anything. I can win at anything. Fortunately, the competition that I learned in my family isn't necessarily with others. It's just with self and that pushing self to be the best. And that notion that if there's somebody who can do the job better, then they should be doing the job. So if you want to secure your job, you have to be the best option. And in order to continue being the best option, you must continue outperforming yourself. So just this really strong toughness, this taking care of this resiliency and persistence. And as though it serves in so many ways, it is also that double-edged sword that cuts deeply. And it did multiple times in my life. And this was a huge cut. And so that shame in not pushing myself to perform, not pushing myself to push past it and be that toughest leader on the block in my company and toughest in the moment and just like, oh, I will never break down. I will never fall apart. I will never crack. I will never crumble. I think that shame comes from just that conditioning and expectation that is built into that family toughness. Yeah, it's so true. So many of us are conditioned that way to have to do. And so much of our value and identity is tied into who we are, our titles, and also this expectation that somehow you're weak if you choose to stop doing something that doesn't feel right. Because it sounds like your intuition was telling you, okay, there's something that's not right here, but you were ignoring it for so long until at some point, the body, the mind say, okay, I'm going to make this decision for you because all the nudges that I've sent to you. So you said that you had some nudges. What did that look like? What were some of the maybe early signs where you're like, oh, I probably should reevaluate this, but you didn't necessarily listen to it? It was the confusing part for me at the time was that things were so good when I had the nudge. My boss just had so much faith and trust in me and just allowed me to really have all the space I needed. I did amazing work at cultivating an entire division of business for my company and for my client that was very unstable, very small and underdeveloped when I arrived. And nobody asked me to do it, but I saw that opportunity to build a really strong team. 
So I gained so much trust in my peers and the people that reported to me and especially my boss and my boss's bosses. So it didn't make sense to me that I had this intuition that, oh, it's time to leave. So yeah, just for taking a moment, recognizing that that was very confusing, but it felt like yearning where I had been feeling so 10 out of 10 committed to all the things going on around me at work. Even the inconveniences and the obstacles were fun. And then they stopped being quite as fun. They started feeling heavier and just the lightest bit heavier. And I think that's when I realized, oh, I think it's, I'm ready to go do something else. I'm ready for something, a new company, a new space, a new challenge. And so when I look back, I can see that much easier that just things that were a lot of fun began feeling unfun and they took more energy and effort from me where they used to be effortless. So that would probably be those earliest signs. Yeah. So I want to hear more about this darkness that happened in 2021. You called it a dark storm in your bio as I was reading it. And I know that sometimes we at least I thought, okay, I'm on my spiritual journey. I've made the decision to leave. I'm following my intuition. Things are going to get better. And sometimes they get worse before they get better. And so can you share (laughs) a little bit about your own experience and why you call it a dark storm? Yeah, actually what I'm referring to is my subconscious. And as in January, 2021, I began the somatic healing therapy experience, somatic experiencing. And that was, I left my ex-husband in early 2018 and it became a violent relationship or it was the early signs. And something I'm proud of is that I left before physical contact was made, but the growing volatility was very clear. So there was so much I did on my own to heal from that and so much like relationship content. I'm not sure how to describe it, but just, I consumed a lot of content on my own through podcasts, materials, books, and I knew that I needed additional support. I had been diagnosed with PTSD from that relationship and experimented with a couple just cognitive therapy counselors and really didn't find a fit and didn't spend a whole lot of dedication to finding that fit until I was in my next relationship later. It was a COVID relationship. So you know how those are quite different than any other relationships. And we were living together and I was experiencing some PTSD responses And it was so irrational for what was happening in front of me. And I just instinctively knew that it was very disproportionate. And I also knew that I was already thinking about getting additional support. And then it was just so clear that I needed some like very real professional guidance through navigating healing from PTSD. And so somatic therapy is what I discovered And it was just perfect. It's the perfect type of approach for any 
traumas that are so deeply embedded in your body that you're reacting to things that are not even there. Your body just doesn't even know. You're reacting to people who are not even part of the experience, right? So that's really where that journey began because I would say before January 2021, I just flirted with healing and taking that PTSD serious. Because honestly, when you're on your own, it's so easy to feel healed. You're like, I'm so much better. I'm so calm. But really, I built quite a fortress of peace around me, a fortress that kept out the noise, kept out the triggers. So it was so easy to feel great. It was so easy to feel like, of course, I now am ready to be in a relationship. I'm now ready to take these little cute dating moments. And if there's someone who stands out, taking that to the next level. And then you get to the next level and you're like, oh, damn, I was so wrong. I was not free and clear of triggers. I just had sheltered myself from triggers. And so here I was in a relationship with somebody who's just the kindest, biggest, gentlest heart and so fun. And I really cared about what we were creating in this connection we had. And I wanted to nurture that. And I could see that these PTSD responses and just trauma responses and triggers were going to sabotage everything between us. So that was very motivating. And through that process of about a year and a half, I think almost two years of that, with that same facilitator, that same practitioner, I discovered so much of what was underneath those like traumas, where those like that intuitive instinct that it was time to go from that career I had was also like right before the tipping point of when that job was in service and to my gifts where I could really bring my gifts out and serve others. And that tipping point to where it was slowly changing, but to the point where I was getting smaller and in a box and not performing any of my wonderful gifts and letting anyone benefit from all these skills. So there was that tipping point and the somatic therapy highlighted and revealed that to me. And like Talk you said, a little bit about Sorry, Sorry, I was going to connect like what you said about that decision to get help and to take that healing journey does not mean you go to some sessions or spend a year in sessions and then it's all better and wonderful. It's really, if you decide you're going to go deeper, you go into that dark storm. And that dark storm for me was my subconscious of like a lifetime in the making. Yeah. There's so much there. I want to ask you is, so for those that aren't familiar with somatic therapy or somatic healing, talk a little bit more specifically about what you experienced and how it was helpful. Because I think that people are starting to get more familiar with breathwork. They're starting to hear the word somatic. And so it's almost like what therapy was several years ago where people were more comfortable talking about cognitive behavioral therapy or other types of therapies. Talk a little bit about your particular experience. Yeah. So interestingly, I went in expecting to talk about my previous marriage and it was an eight-year relationship and found that probably for almost the first year, everything led to conversations about my relationship with my mom and my experiences with some of her decisions in my childhood. And then came back to conversations about the ex. 
So what I will say and what I learned from somatic therapy is one, like all of this that is stored in your body. So, well, let me say two things. Those moments of being afraid of somebody and using every coping mechanism and fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And for me, there was so much disassociation and shoving down and putting on the poker face so that I could appear unaffected, so that I could get out of a situation, so that I wasn't drawing more attention to myself. Well, all of those moments needed full expression. There was anger there. There was pain. I mean, there was sometimes even rage. And so in my somatic therapy, like reenacting that moment in a way that like I could push someone away. I could stand up and push my arms and I could slow it down and feel that density in the muscles and then keep doing it until I felt that release. Being able to scream and enact flipping tables like to protect because I was so angry, but I've been so afraid and too afraid to express that anger. So it was all that anger was just shoved down, all that pain, all that fear just shoved down. I was afraid to show my fear. If you've been around someone who can have a volatile explosion, appearing afraid is a trigger for them. And so really learning to manage another person by shoving it all down in yourself. So that somatic therapy is not about really talking about it. It's about feeling about it. And there are so many things I did not allow myself to feel. And then the other second thing is I learned that very few traumas are new traumas. They're expressions of existing traumas. They're us living out traumas that are so deeply buried in our body that we create situations and relationships that mimic those exact feelings that we need to express. And yet we shove them down unless we can get some help or we learn a new way to interact with those experiences. And I, at this point, had not learned a new way to interact with violence. I had just found a way to eliminate violence until I created it again by being in a relationship with somebody who was just deeply, deeply angry and in pain. And we made a perfect trauma match for each other. Wow. I've never heard that expression before, a trauma match, but I can see that. I actually, wow, felt that when you said it. So you worked through this. You've been working through. You started your therapy and you started your own company called Soul Elements. And I love that you put in your bio that your mission is to share knowledge and wisdom, to transmute energy for healing and inner exploration and to cultivate laughter. So how did you come to that mission or sort of vision for your company? Also, lifetime in the making as a very young kid, it was, I always wanted to know how things worked. Like, how did it happen? And not like in the gossipy way, but in the mechanical way. So, oh, this is how gum is made. Okay, that's so fascinating. This is how you came to that conclusion. Okay, now I'm understanding. I've always just been so thirsty for more understanding and more knowledge. And then I had a lot of feedback around the adults in my life that I would express myself in a way they felt was pretty unique, or I would share thoughts or even take information that I learned and repackage it in a way that was very relatable. So I learned that, okay, I have a gift to 
share these knowledge and these things that I learned. I learned it in the way that's just it's effortless for me to dig into the details of how something works. And then it's not effortless for everybody. It's just not everybody's calling. But then to be able to take weeks and months of information or sometimes years of things I've considered over time and then come finally, oh, they finally finished processing in the subconscious. And now I've got a new way to express them. Be able to share that in like 10 seconds and be able to impact somebody with that same aha-ness that I felt while I was exploring the how and they get to experience it in just that couple sentences or story. And I'm just like, yes. So through all of this, as you know, just in my life, realizing that this is just such a natural gift for me that I really have the mission that when I die, not a piece of knowledge is stuck only with me because I don't believe knowledge belongs to me. I don't even think my ideas belong to me. I think they belong to all of us. And they're coming to me for me to use my specific gifts to repackage them and deliver them in a way that's going to reach even more people. So I don't know that that there's really any original ideas or original knowledge. It's just we're shifting and packaging it differently and delivering it differently. Oh, my gosh. And so I've noticed with all my interests, there's always been this desire to share how to do something. Like, you want to know how this feature on your phone? I'm happy to tell you. Oh, you want to know what's a great place for this deal? Let me tell you. There's no knowledge too small for me to not get excited about. If there's something you want to know and I know it, I cannot wait to tell you. Is this going to help you? Like, do you need to go through 30 minutes of research or can I just tell you right now? Because I'd rather just save you that time and tell you like what I've already done the research or I've already considered this. Take it if it helps. If it helps, awesome. If it doesn't, cool. You don't need it. No big deal. It was just like a few seconds. Um, wow. So that has been my mission for a really long time. And mm-hmm. and humor is just such a huge part. Like my happy place is laughing. And especially mm-hmm. if I'm laughing with other people, then I'm happy. And so it became a coping mechanism as a child because I felt that if I could laugh about it, then I'm going to be okay. And then also learning in adulthood how that's not always how other people experience it. And I think that's the best form of humor is humor that everybody can take ownership in. It belongs to all of us. The moment is all of ours. Nobody's the target. We all get to share in that. And then to bring that laughter to others, that just feels like the, the highest form of love. I love when you talk about this, like your energy, it's so high and you're smiling and you can see a definite energy shift as you were talking about your happy place and why humor is so important to you. And I love all these pieces of you. And I do know that about you, that you love to share and you're a wonderful conversationalist, but how did you take these gifts and these talents in order to create programming for soul elements. Tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about how people, when they work with you, what are your programs like and how could they experience this? Well, they are the safest places. I feel that this human Jamie was built for this work. I am a Libra, an October Libra, so highly social. So my capacity for interacting with people is so big And I don't wear out easily in conversation and in just being with people, whether one-on-one or in groups. Also, because of that wonderful Libra-ness, I am not quick to form opinions. 
It's just a very Libra characteristic to like, I need to know more. And usually the more I know, the less opportunity there is for judgment anyway. So I invite people in, clients, friends, everybody into a very safe space. You're going to feel so comfortable being yourself. You're going to feel, you're not going to feel judged. You're not going to be feel like I'm examining you. Like you're just having a conversation. We're just connecting. So that social charisma really plays well for my business. And then I get to hang out with people, which I love. So (laughs) (laughs) so of course, anything I'm going to do is going to involve working with people. Yeah. So the safe space. Yeah. I love to talk, but I think it's really important to know that as much as I love to talk, then that is my calling that t- to listen twice as much. And I feel like that is the balance of energetic exchange. For as many words as I want to share in the world, I need to be listening to twice as many words. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got that listener. Well, that's awesome. So people can experience breathwork classes with you. And do you do coaching as well? Or what are some of the other things that yeah, you do? I do? It's not something I highlight very much. But it is like a one on one mentorship coaching, and it is an available service to work with me. I have 20 years experience in leadership. And I think that was just part of those like breadcrumbs of what I was interested in. And that's because I love to serve people. And as a leader, I always cared about the people I serve. And it's not their job to make my job easier. It's my job to make space for their job. So the spaciousness that I bring to anywhere I go, that there's just so much room for you. There's so much room for everybody. It's like a circle. Like everyone just scoots out a little bit. There's room for you. You just scoot out. There's room. There's never a feeling of confinement with me or that you have to be this way or this is the right way. And so bringing lots of freedom and lots of spaciousness to anyone I'm interacting with. That's important to me. And then I think the byproduct is it just makes for a really good coaching model. Yeah, for sure. And so you started your business and you're doing this work. So tell me what is next? Is there something else on your big dream for your business or for your life that you're willing to share with us as well? Yeah. So yes, one-on-one breath work and energy alignment because I just have this lovely ability to absorb so much of that energy into my body. I'm on the human design. I'm a projector, but unlike most projectors, I'm an environmental projector and mental projector. So all those energy sources in my body are wide open, making it, there's nothing interfering with in my body for me to pull in your energy and hold that with you and just transmute that and letting that, whatever you're releasing, like release into the ground. And then I'm breathing with you. And then as I'm releasing it, it's helping you release it. Our nervous systems are just connected. And yes. So that I really want to bring a community into the city I live in, which is in St. Louis. Breathwork is not very well known here, but there are a few of us. So I want to create a community. So I have this project called Studio 100. I'm reaching out to 100 studios to get in and bring breathwork to their clients and just create this community. I don't know how, because you know it's the universe's job to figure out how, but I know that I crave community and togetherness. And so many of my community are widespread across the nation, the continent, the world. And I would just love to have an in-person community here. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. 
Then there's some other things I'm doing. So I started recording myself here and there for podcasting and YouTubing. Again, like just to share knowledge and ideas. There are just so many things here and I need to get them out because they don't belong to me and they're just filling up and I start feeling it's like create or die. So I'll have to come to the computer and write it all out, get in my journal, voice memo, it has to come out. And now I have all of this shares in like content stuck with me still. And so the next step is to create it in a shareable format. So making short format breathing videos on YouTube, I think would be such a beautiful way to bring breathwork to people. And then I'm working on, this is really exciting. So I don't have a ton of details to share, but I really want to bring alignment, like nervous system alignment and ease and fun to people who are about to do something really stressful. So you might have a stressful event coming up and wouldn't it be amazing to have an energetic support mentor right there by your side? Because I can really just sit in your pain and anxiety with you. And with my training, I've learned to not hold it myself, but to release it. So that helps you release even more. And I think it's so important that Sure, there are people that we can narrate to our experiences, and they're going to help us take those next action steps. And that is so important. But if we kind of pull that back or rewind a little bit, it's so powerful to have somebody be able to sit in that pain with you. It's a lot to hold sometimes. And to know that there are people out there that can just lovingly and non-judgmentally just sit there with you and hold it with you. I love that idea because I just think about how many people don't do things that they feel called to do because there's the fear or it feels painful or scary within their nervous system. And even if you reach out sometimes to a friend or to someone else, they can't help you. <laughs> They're not necessarily trained to give you the support that you need. So I love this idea that you help to share some of that and then to release it and to allow people to move past the pain, sit with it, of course, release it. And I really do hope that you do that because I think that there are so many applications for that and so many people could benefit from it. So I want to ask you now, you went on this journey and of course our journey never ends. We continue to go on it, but you talked a little bit about just expectations of family, expectations you placed on yourself to do, to work in this corporate role and you were successful. And so your journey is taking you in other directions. So what have you learned about yourself in this process in terms of your strength, your ability and fears, anything that were some really big ahas, because in case someone else maybe is in the same place you were before 2021 or around that time. Hmm. An aha for me wasn't like new information, but it was being able to feel the differences between my physical self, my conscious aware self, and my higher soul conscious awareness. And these are aspects of myself I've always known existed or to a degree, maybe a little hint or a whiff sometimes. But in that healing, being able to connect with these levels of self, and you know, that higher self going up into source in the space of oneness of where we're all coming from and knowing that 
what's happening here as a human is not nearly as significant as it sometimes feels. It feels like it's the end all be all what happens with my life. And it's just not. It's the chance to take an adventure. It's the chance to like, okay, how can I optimize this life lifespan on this timeline, this timeline, this version of me? How can I basically make the most of it? How can I have the most fun with it? How can I try the most things, grow the most? And Jamie, I ask everyone a final question at the end, which is really tied to the name of the podcast. So what does it mean to you to live the width of your life? You know, what this makes me think of is, I think it's like a a line from the book and movie, The Fault in Our Stars. There's this moment where they're talking about the infinities within an infinity. And it makes me think of like from zero to one, the infinite amount of integers. From zero to 0.001, the infinite amount of integers. And it makes me think that there's always more space. There's always something new to find. And something that I have found myself advising a lot this year to people that I talk to or I work with or even my friends in our community. And I found these almost like integers, these almost these little infinities between things. And of course, there's that idea that we need to rest, right? Restfulness is so important. And if we're not resting, we're not going to be able to really do the work we need to do. And when things in our life aren't working out, it might be because we are just not at 100%. We need to pull back and rest. And so what I've discovered in that inside those little integers, which I think really speaks to the width of creating that space is just because we're done resting doesn't mean it's time to work. Once we're done resting, now it's time to play. And then we work. And I realized that once we're rested, motivation doesn't come and then we do something. Motivation is a byproduct of taking action. So when we rest and then we play and we have that motivation of doing things out of fun and excitement and we feel really good, then to do the work, it just takes no effort. And so living the width of my life is finding those little nuggets in those integers and then finding the even simpler pieces to it, I think is what brings that, what that would be that very like narrow length of path. Like let's make sure this life is very long and do all these things. And then it's like, it can still be long, but not realize you can actually cover so much more landscape by going wide and far. Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing so much of your story. How can people best support you and how can they find you if they want to work with you? Well, I love Instagram. It's so fun. So you can find me at Jammin Slam and Jam. Uh, <laughs> I have my website. It's OurSoulElements.com. I'm working on the YouTube. So honestly, when you want to know what I'm doing next, hit me up on Instagram because that's where I'm talking about it. That's where I'm announcing things. And if you're following me on Instagram, you will see some pop-up breathwork sessions. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can claim some of those. And I actually do have a free offer and it's every Thursday and Friday. It's these, it's called transformation 20 and it's just 20 minutes of one-on-one breathwork. And it's just a free gift. I hold two time slots every week. So they would need to fit in your schedule. But for me, it's 11.40 a.m. Central Standard Time to noon. And it's just a chance to get 20 minutes of just really dedicated. If you need some space 
and you need it all about you for 20 minutes, like definitely claim one of these slots. I have them open every week. I love it. And we will include all those details in the show notes. Thank you, Jamie, so much for joining me today. You are such a gift to me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Annetta. I really appreciate this. This has been really fun. And of course, I love any conversation or interaction with you. Like we get on the phone or I see you comment on anything or in our chats. I'm just like, yay, it's Annetta. So I get really excited. You are such a warm, just a warm glow in my life. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. I received that. Thank you. Thank you. An amazing day. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If today's conversation inspired you to dream again, break out of your comfort zones or reflect on what it means to you to live more fully, then please follow this podcast because every week you'll hear more stories from people just like you who took imperfect action towards their goals, created more joy, and are living the life that they always dreamt of living.